Happy Tuesday. Good afternoon, everyone. It's the 18th of September, and what we call Yom Kippur Eve. Yes. Which means that in a few hours, sundown, Yom Kippur, and we get 24 hours of prayer, of fasting, of celebrating who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us and getting to see what Jesus has done for us for many, many others. Yeah, I am so, so love Yom Kippur. You know, it can be really considered a very sober day, a very sober 24 hours. It is a fast and that sobers us all because we're foodies <laughs> and we like to eat. But there's something mysterious and lovely about Yom Kippur because I think it's a picture of what every day could be Um, because it's such a mixture of grief and joy, such a picture of how grief and joy complete each other. There's this grief of our own sin, our own times that we have missed the heart of God and then grief for the times that those around us, those that we love, those that we know and those that we don't have had that same experience those who know what they're doing and those who know not what they do, including us. Sometimes we we just knew not what we did. And there's this, um, it's the moment where we walk in the priesthood so fully, but it's meant to be every day, where we, we apply this inheritance that we've been given and we take the world, we take the whole world from grief to joy through actually, instead of getting locked in it, trapped by it, angry about it, all those things, we actually step into our inheritance through forgiveness, through repentance, and then we see the joy of heaven released, and that day is completed. And I am just so about right now making every day seeing that completion. It's okay that there's grief because there's joy to complete it when we step into who we are. So true, yeah. You know, we got such wonderful feedback from last week's podcast. Yeah. We're so grateful for that. There's there's much that Papa is saying in this time. And, and we are so happy, so excited to see how many of you are hearing him and responding. And that's exactly what God has called us all to do during these feasts, is to be intimate with him, have time with him. And, um, and listen to what he has to say. Share your heart, but listen to what he has to say and respond to what he has to say. And the fruit, of course, is always world-changing. And we know that there is so much in his heart that is pouring out right now. We want to be poised and ready to do everything that he's called us to do because we are his sons and daughters. Yeah. We're his children. We're his representation on earth. So what joy it is for us to get to um, receive the blood of Jesus over the next 24 hours. But also, what if we just all found one stranger and forgave them? Not mm-hmm. face-to-face, but, you know, just, right. just, found, just thought of, just pray and just, Father, reveal to me, Papa, reveal to me one stranger that I can forgive just, just for the purpose of... of um, changing the atmosphere around them that maybe just maybe they could choose something great Mm -hmm. that came from it yeah if we just daily just that daily bread of forgiveness that daily bread of repentance 
don't think we'd have as many of those, you know, <laughs> knee-knocking times if we just, each day, we're willing to, what is my daily bread of returning to you, Papa? What is my daily bread of returning the world to you, of being this priest that you created me to be? Um, I think it, it'd be different, just a different world. And so I, that's, that's my passioned purpose for this coming year is um, just the daily bread of Yom Kippur because whenever he gives us a rehearsal, it's not practice. It's application. It's like, this is how I always intended you to live. So whatever we rehearse in the feast, it's a reminder, live like this for this season. And then we get to the next feast and there's another invitation of live fully like this as you walk to the next feast. It's always, it's a journey through the feast, not a, oh, we got to a feast and let's commemorate that. It's really... Don't forget to apply this every day, every single day. Yes, amen. I agree with that. Well, we're walking straight towards Yom Kippur, and obviously every opportunity we have to be givers of the atonement that God's trusted us with, we want to be that. But we also want to be uh, thorough mm-hmm. in reviewing our own hearts. And, um, and so as this next week has gone by, Papa revealed more and more about how we are getting to walk through the journey of freedom for ourselves. And, um, and so this is still a huge part of Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Let's walk through the light in our heart. Let's see what God has to say. And it's got to be us first, right? We have to begin, yeah, because love begins with the house of mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And uh, the fullness of love is, is hased, and the fullness of love is fierce. And sometimes we just get to be free, uh, and what a privilege it is to see that, that part of us that's decaying finally die so that we, by choice, are choosing to, um, to lay down that part of our life, choosing to take up our cross daily so that we can lose that part of our life, yay, and see the resurrection of who God created us to be. So one of the things that Papa revealed this week uh, uh, harkens back to something we talked about a few years ago that we called the brick, where uh, a person throws a brick up in the air and then takes steps forward and forgets that they threw the brick. And so many steps later, oblivious to the brick's uh, airborne trajectory, we, uh, we just so happen to walk right into it and that brick falls right on our head. And we immediately begin looking around who threw this brick who and in all of our effort of of reaction of uh, frustration and maybe even accusation we pause and papa says hey you threw that brick you threw that brick that's what happened and while it's true that there were other things that took place and you might have had conversations and and it might have impacted other people but that brick came from you and um, one of the things that Papa is speaking to us about this week is how sometimes we can throw that brick. Sometimes we can, uh, we can do things in our past, and it, it can be last week. It also can be uh, many years ago. It can be in our distant past. It can be back when we were very young. And we did things or we chose things. And in some of those cases, yep, 
We were the victim. We uh, had something happen to us, but it's, it wasn't what happened to us that's affecting us now. It's how we reacted to what happened to us then that's affecting us to this day. And, uh, and Papa gave me a whole picture of this, and he called it returning backwards. So now we know circles, and circles is where you do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And we know returning forward, and that's where we choose differently, a deeper intimacy with God. And, um, and instead of going in circles, we actually progress in our momentum forward into who God created us to be. But a return backwards is, is a spiraling effect that happens when we have reacted to something in our past and we live with the ramifications of that reaction in the present. And, and if we live in that cycle of reaction, frustration, and accusation, and the key there, of course, being accusation, because what we see around us is we see these, these things in motion. And we can say in, in, in what is to us, a true observation. Hey, I didn't do that. I didn't cause that to happen. You can't blame me. Well, maybe it's not about blame. Maybe it's about just letting the light reveal why this is taking place. Why are we spiraling backwards? It's like it's like uh, water going down a drain. There's a there's a turning and a spinning, but it's going down instead of instead of the helix that's going forward. And we're asking why? Why is this happening? And now is a time, Yom Kippur, this season, this is a great time, as great a time as any, is to ask Papa to shine his light and reveal to us the things that we did, the things we reacted to, the things that happened to us, the things that we chose in our past, our, our mid-past, our distant past, and how did we react to that and how are we reacting today? Are we uh, frustrated? Are we accusing are we um, living this identity as victim instead of seeing that, uh, that there's a choice for us to make and that there are consequences that came from that choice? Well, why are we hearing them? Why are we feeling them? Why are we seeing them so loud now mm-hmm. when we weren't two, three, five years ago? And the answer is because this is the horses of choice, the fruit of choice. And so now that the horses have been released, the revelation of the, of the consequences is becoming louder and louder and louder. And this is not meant to punish or torture us. This is meant to be an invitation to freedom, an invitation for us to be able to see, oh my goodness, look, this is something that I can dismantle. I can repent of. I can change my mind and return to God. I can stop this cycle of reaction, of frustration of accusation and I can see wow all along it was me mm-hmm. I actually did that and and if I will stop trying to go to the courtroom and prove my case yeah. that I'm innocent because my observation today says no I look at this I can prove it to you I didn't do that no you didn't but the momentum of a choice in your distant past could be causing these issues and if you'll make room for that for that possibility and ask Papa to shine his light and, uh, and yield yourself to his revelation, you might find that there is something that you chose in your past that by choosing differently today, 
will radically return your life to, uh, to a purity that you've been crying out for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's not one of those things where, well, I, I have great testimony, but I also have bad fruit. So, so how is this possible? Wouldn't it be both, like one or the other, only good fruit or only bad fruit? And the answer is no. We are splintered people, but we have that person inside of us that is in covenant with God and is faithful and true. And that part of us is producing fruit. So you've got good fruit in your life. But the part of you that is in this cycle, spiraling backwards, now is the time to put an end to that. Receive the light. The number of possibilities are endless, but let God reveal to you where this is happening now, if this is happening now, and if it is because of a choice or a reaction in the past. And let's be free. Mm -hmm. This is a great day to do this. Yom Kippur. It's a great day to be free. Yeah, and you were talking, I got like three things. I'm like, don't leave me. (laughs) Now they're all spinning around. But I, yeah, that's so powerful. Uh, Idge and I were walking this morning and talking about this very thing, uh, just really noting it right now. Um, And kind of an aggression that's come from it. Like, what's happening? Why is this happening? It's got to be someone else. So there's this aggression towards the anybody else it could be. But it, and it is that place of I'm innocent, and and of course we've said this for years. You can't build a case for yourself without building one against someone else. And the cool thing about innocence is our innocence being restored is available to us as soon as we come before Him and we're like, ah, I see me, you know, I see me in this. Innocence is completely restored to us, so we actually are innocent. And uh, I love that in in this particular, uh, the fall feast, there's a different challah bread that you make. So, you know, for Shabbat and the other feast, you make the braided challah. But for Rosh Hashanah, at the time of these feasts, you make a different challah bread, and it actually is a spiral. Mm. And what's amazing about it is it's an upward spiral. So it even the bread, the daily bread, you know, it's just like... Oh, the manifestation of that. It's this returning forward, ascending, you know, coming to this place where we're unafraid. Vulnerability lifts us up, you know. It it just raises us, places us right with Him, you know. That vulnerability and that transparency just do that. And I know for me, this, um, you know, I look extremely forward to the feast also with a slight trembling because I know whatever the heart of the feast is, whatever that rehearsal is, whatever that purpose is, I'm not just going to get to talk about it. It's going to become very real. And I can really say this particular, um, the days of awe, just those days of preparation for Yom Kippur, you know, it's so easy to see Yom Kippur as that day where atoning for, you know, because Aaron sprinkled the blood of lamb, of the lamb for Israel. But don't think for a moment he wasn't sprinkling it for himself too, that he didn't include himself with that body of people, you know, that was in the wilderness. So uh, this particular days of awe leading up to today, I've had some amazing opportunities to repent and to return and the beauty of the blood of Jesus has just been so undoing. I mean, because 
it's been about my sin. You know, it hasn't been about somebody else's. It's been about mine and those places I need to return and those things I didn't see or those, um, you know, those just those places that I get, I've been delivered from. And I remember that the path already been made for me back to him and to walk on those again, which was kind of what you're talking about with the bricks. And something I've seen is, or heard really, is just a comment. And, and if you said this to me, don't, I'm not preaching to you. I'm really like, this just impacted me in some things I was already with the Lord about. But this concept of, well, I've already apt that, you know, I've already terraformed that. And, and I think it's just so important in this moment to say, you know, those apps are precious, but they're not magic. Those apps are a choice that we do. Those prayer appointments are a choice that we make. And the biggest choice in it is to actually say, I need you, Jesus, to save me. I need you, Papa, to be with me. I need you, El Shaddai, to navigate me because I've lost my way. And, and sometimes, absolutely, it's something somebody did. Sometimes it's something I couldn't see or I didn't know I was doing. You know, I've definitely been in that. Forgive me, I didn't realize I was doing that. And I'm so grieved that I did. I just, I didn't see it, you know. And so the app is this moment of confessing our need because I think we spend so much of our time trying to uh, prove to the world actually that we don't need them, like that we've got it together but it's that broken, open vulnerability that testifies to the world that, um, that we do have need. We aren't more mature the more independent we are from God. We're more mature the more dependent we are. The more, the more dependency there is, the more one we become. And so, you know, the app, it reveals our need and it, it dismantles all those places the enemy was coming in those launch pads. I mean, is what Idge was saying this morning, just those launch pads where he has a place to land. We remove that, but we understand now we've said yes to the journey of healing and we've asked him to be with us as we walk towards that fullness, which may mean, no, I don't have a spot for that anymore. Or wait, I'm actually not afraid anymore. I'm in awe because you're with me. And he brings those antidotes in, so I just think that's really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, so this morning, I uh, last night we it was date night, and we just really had someone on our heart to pray for, and just so much in our heart for this person, and and so we spent you know the last portion of our date just really with the Lord for that person. And, and, uh, I don't know, we, we were really tired. And then from that prayer, I got kind of invigorated. And <laughs> so then uh, I ended up being up for a bit and I just, I just felt to, the Lord was leading me to listen to a song I'd actually never heard, but he, he gave me the title of it. And, you know, I didn't even know it was a song. And so I listened to it a few times and I realized I had just earlier in the week somebody had told me about another song from the same group anyway I listened to the song and it you know it was it wasn't um 
like I felt, you know, really shaken or stirred in the moment, but, but I guess it was a seed and it grew overnight. Anyway, I woke up so excited. Like I had this just excitement for everything, like the whole day, but in particular what we had prayed about and, um, and Yom Kippur. And so, you know, um, Papa woke me up with these words, out of exile. And that kind of just, I, I think I was awakening excited in an, from an excited state. And that just was like, really got me out of bed and up and just, what are you saying about that, Papa? What are you saying about out of exile? And he was just saying that that is so much what Yom Kippur is about, is is coming out of exile. You know, it's um, releasing this flood of deliverance, this flood of redemption and restoration. And so the fullness of Yom Kippur brings us and others out of exile. And so kind of continuing from last week, just some of the things that he was saying, and there was that, quote from Mother Teresa about, you know, we belong to each other and and how important it is not to forget that. And that's just been really um, in me in these days of awe. Just, it just keeps bubbling back up. We belong to each other because we're the body, you know. And so, um, you know, as we've talked about so many times and, and we've heard all our Christian lives about, you know, there's a hand and there's a foot and there's an eye and there's an ear and that it still can sound very fragmented. Like, okay, well, this person over there is the hand, do the right thing. You know, (laughs) this person's the eye, look well, you know, and that kind of thing. And we don't have any responsibility for the care of the body. And it's just like how we would care for our individual body. If something's not working, we're going to be Papa, what's going on? You know, what what's the daily bread for this? What would you have me do for this? And but when it comes to the body as a whole, we don't really do that. We're not like, wow, why why are we not seeing and be really praying for the eyes or that kind of thing? And the greatest way we can do that is with each other when we are so fortunate to be in a kahal, in a community that is learning uh to commune with each other, to have full, the fullness of communion, that that is before us every day. And the way that we truly pray for the body is by recognizing that that person next to me belongs to me, you know, not in a possessive ownership way, but in a care way, just as Jesus, all of those who belonged to him, that were part of him, he cared for. And so we do belong to each other and so looking at that and this out of exile word and just feeling like the Lord was saying we don't we don't yet recognize the exile that that we are in and the separateness from each other and how because of that we're not caring for each other we're not that's part of the communion like that's probably this um big leap you know like the first step on the moon you know, they got there, they were there, but then there were these steps to take. You know, somebody got to say they took the first step. 
on the moon and we get to take those first steps towards each other and so in that the Lord was just saying this this Yom Kippur so much about that drawing out of exile but that first we have to recognize our own inner exile that we may be in and how we get there so I want to read the words to this song which is called find our way to love uh, because it just it was like once it started really resonating this morning after it had just been planted in me all night this morning I was stirred and shaken just to the core over it So it it goes like this. When I hurt you, I hurt me. When I push you, I push me. When I curse you, I curse me. I weep with you as you weep with me. When I starve you, I starve me. When I bomb you, I bomb me. When I kill you, I kill me. I die with you as you die with me. There is no other. There's only us on this trembling, tender earth. And all of heaven is here with us when we find our way to love. When I hate you, I hate me. When I lose you, I lose me. When I find you, I find me. I live with you as you live with me. There is no other, only us, on this tender, trembling earth. And all of heaven is here with us when we find our way to love. God so loved the world. God so loved every one of us so we can find our way to love. And that was so powerful. We think about the scriptures where what you did to the least of these you did to me and were you serving an angel unaware and, you know, those still can seem like out there ideas. But to think that I could exile myself because... I would hurt another person, push a person, a star of a person, not give to a person when I had the opportunity, whether it was the generosity of provision or truth, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so if I, if I lose the person next to me, I lose myself. And then I can get to this day of, why am I... Why is everyone isolating me? Why am I alone? And I may not see. Wow, it's because of how I've been caring for those that belong with me, those that belong to me, those that belong to this same body that I'm in, whether they know they're part of the body or not, that I actually exile myself because I'm separating myself from Christ when I separate myself from a person that He's given me to love and to care for and to tend to and to speak life to and to speak truth to, I actually am pushing Christ away and then I'm exiled. I'm in this inner exile, not knowing how to get out. And just that there's this beautiful picture. Um, I think we had said this maybe before worship last week, but I had read it from a book and it said, we can't leave the church because we are the church. And that's the truth. We can't actually leave the body. We can leave a denomination. We can leave a gathering. But we can't leave the body. We are the body. And we would die without that unity, without that unison, without that being brought together, as would those 
that we are meant to be with. And so just this awareness of our own place of exile where it could be because we judged someone, so we judged ourselves. We, um, we built a case against someone, so we built a case against ourselves that whatever we do to another person, when it's not done through Christ, we've done it to ourselves and alienated or exiled ourselves. And I just feel like this Yom Kippur is so much about us coming out of those exile places that keep us from staying connected with each other, keep us from communing, caring for each other so that we we are an act of communion. We are the elements of communion to each other because communion is a drawing to Him. You know, it's a, um, I'm doing this to never forget who you are. We do it together so we never forget who we are, you know? And um, so I just think... That was so much of, of Job's story as we talked a little bit about the latter days um, last week. And, and I think there'll be more to come on that. But, you know, if we, we builders, we kingdom of priests, we are builders. It's part of our covenant. It's sewn into our name. It's sewn into um, our covenant. So we're building something no matter what. So if I'm... Um, losing a person, if I am pushing a person away, if I am causing pain to a person, I'm still building something and it's a cell. And, you know, we have um, a lot that came up about cells in August Rush, and I know we're not done pursuing that. And so I was seeing, you know, one of the things we've been learning about cells is they can put such a barrier around themselves that the things that need to get in to sustain the cell can't because there's this protection. And so these words of this song and this, this, um, just idea that I'm sharing is that it's, it's just revealing the building of a cell, a protected area where we can't be touched. We can't be impacted. You know, we talked about that last week, that that's part of community, allowing someone to impact you. You know, allowing that, even if it's, um, well, why do I still have that fear? Why do I still have that judgment? Those kind of things. But what we're meant to build is a bridge. And so when we really are one, when we really are caring for each other, we, we span the distance that any one of us has from Papa. We span that distance by building a bridge I was just thinking of that with the latter days. Our latter days will be greater than our first. And I kept seeing a ladder, you know, instead of the TT, it was the DD ladder. And and just, again, that bread, the hollow bread, but that spiral. Um, and how one of the ways our latter days become greater than our first is when we care for each other and we're consistently raising each other up to his presence, raising each other up to his purpose, like saying, um, no, that's not where you belong. Let's go here. And we're consistently leading each other back to him. Um, that is part of the crossing the threshold to those latter days when we don't have cells, but we build bridges. And so we have access to each other and to him. That's when his greatness comes. That's when the multiplication and the, the best comes. That was the story of Job. 
those conversations he had with, with some friends and with the Lord were basically saying, you've separated yourself from all those you're meant to be with. You've sequestered yourself over here because you have pride over what you have. And you've lost sight of your need for what you don't. You know, and every day there's something he longs to give us and we need to have to be sustained. And that was so much of that conversation. And Job's choice was so much about reconnecting, about crossing that bridge, climbing that ladder, just being raised up back to the truth, back to um, communion with um, even the world that he was in, that he was to impact. He had stopped caring about the world around him and only cared about the world he'd created, which he didn't create. It was given to him, but we can come to that place where we believe we created that, and it's perfect according to our estimation. But if we ever have a moment where we feel that we've arrived at a destination where we don't have need of him, we'll lose everything, just like Job. But God is so good that he restored it. He restored him to his own heart. He restored him to community. He restored him to the truth of who he was. And because of that, his latter days were greater than his first because he was choosing to never forget his need of God. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yay, we're we're looking so forward to to gather tonight and just our... Um, we're going to have a, a very special time of worship. It should be, you should be able to hear it um, when it gets posted. And then we're, we are having 24 hours of prayer in the barn where we're just passing the baton to each other and taking an hour. Um, and some people are doing more than that, but at least taking an hour and just starting with us and then applying everything we saw for us to the world like in this gratefulness if you can do it for me if you can redeem me from that you can redeem them you can redeem us you know there's no them it's us and so we're excited about that yes we are all right well we will see you next week we'll be in the midst of Sukkot we will be yeah we'll be chilling in our booths yeah (laughs) yep So we love y'all and we will see you and talk to you very, very soon. Bye.